DJ PK1. Oh my yo. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Drea. Back with another episode of the In Pursuit Podcast. How y'all feeling? Shout out to DJ PK1 for this mix. Ugh, hold up. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, hey. Okay. Shout out to him, y'all. I'm back with another episode. I told y'all last week that I'm coming with interviews all this month. I didn't plan to have these many interviews for this month, and I didn't plan for it to be so fast, but God is definitely working. God definitely wants these women on this podcast to speak to you all, pour into y'all, encourage y'all, uplift y'all. So, we about to do what he wants us to do, okay? Let me tell y'all about this beautiful young lady that we got coming up first. Victoria Grace, my business partner. I spoke a little bit about her on last week's episode. I just want y'all to understand this is an amazing woman of God, business coach, entrepreneur, course creator, mother, wife, ugh, everything. I love her so much. We're going to sit. We're going to talk about some things and... I'm going to need y'all to tune in, okay? I'm going to need y'all to get your headphones. I'm going to need you to get some some notes. (laughs) Get your coffee. Wherever you are, turn this up. Oh, come on, DJ. Wait a minute. With the scratch. Oh, hitting my sphere right now. Y'all going to have to excuse me. Hold up, hold up. Hey, 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 hey. Give the DJ some. (laughs) Share this episode with your friends. Come back next week for another one. I want y'all to sit back, relax, listen to this interview. It's longer than the usual podcast episodes, but it's so worth it. Download it onto your computers, your phones, wherever you're listening to me on. Shout us out on the Instagram. Drea Story. I am Victoria Grace. And y'all, look. This is an episode y'all don't want to miss. Something's about to happen. Y'all ready? Let's go. Hello, Victoria. Are you there? Yes. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing so well. I'm super excited to be here on the In Pursuit podcast. Uh, How are you? Girl, I'm fine. Just to let you know, we get real over here. So, uh, <laughs> period. Okay, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> so, um, for the people who may not know you or anything like that, introduce yourself. Let the people know who you are. Yes, my name is Victoria Grace. I am the founder of Graceful Works. I'm also the founder of Biz from Scratch for the Emerging Servant Leader. Um, This is just an educational company that God designed himself to help women of all ages to build, monetize, and market their God-given purpose. Um, We go all the way into building that business from scratch, literally. And when I say from scratch, I mean all the way down to your spirituality, sis. Like we go deep because how can you truly be a servant leader if you have not gotten the basis and the foundation down packed of 
what it is that you're supposed to be doing um, concerning God, right? Um, and then we go into launching, scaling, all of that good stuff, all of all the real business stuff. You know, we get into that as well. But for the most part, for the, the most important thing is to get yourself together to truly be a servant leader. That's wonderful. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, really a lot of faith-based entrepreneurs don't really take the time to do that inner work. They just jump into it. They maybe talk about God here and there, but they don't do the internal work. And I think that's where a lot of people are kind of missing um, in their journeys um, in entrepreneurship. But um, yeah, I am just grateful to know you. Um, um, I told my viewers or my listeners on the podcast last week that I will be interviewing you. And I told them that you are my business partner. So they're yes. excited. They want to see like, well, who is this girl, Victoria Grace, that Andrea talked about? Who is that? <laughs> yes, I'm super excited to be here. Like, y'all just don't understand. Like, this is God, this is God led, God centered. God done put this whole thing together, okay? We just following along with what He wants us to do. So I'm super excited to just be here. Um, it's really unexplainable. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So on these interviews, I have this little segment called False or Facts. So mm. I am going to be asking you just a few little warm up questions. Don't be intimidated. <laughs> okay. Okay, so false or facts? You started your entrepreneurship journey in a season where you didn't know yourself. Fact. Ooh, big facts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, big facts. <laughs> okay, false or fact? Mm -hmm. When God gave you the idea to start Biz from Scratch, you went all in. False. <laughs> I'm keeping it real with y'all. False. I was not obedient. <laughs> mm -hmm. Girl. <laughs> That's the, yeah, we're going to get into the podcast. We're going to talk about that. But <laughs> last mm -hmm. one, false or facts. Mm -hmm. You are walking in your purpose. Big, big facts. Big facts. <laughs> yes, big facts. <laughs> okay and what is your praise break moment of the day or the week or the weekend praise break praise break moment of the day would definitely have to be girl praising god for everything that's been going on in the pursuing me challenge i mean he is blowing my mind I just can't even explain the the healing, the transformation, the the spiritual gifts that are being birthed, um, that are being revealed in front of us. People's power and people's passion for God is just being revealed and it's, it's coming out in the open. It's no more timidness. It's no more quietness and being shy. Like it's bold, it's confident, and it's serious. And I just, yeah. Praise break of the day of the week of the last two weeks. Okay, sis. Yeah. Um, I definitely have to agree. If you all, I've been talking about the Pursuing Me Challenge for ever since date night with Drea, I'm assuming, I think probably so. But I've been talking about it for a while. And y'all, the next time we roll out this Pursuing Me Challenge, you definitely have to attend. You definitely have to be a part of it. 
there is some things that God has been doing within this group of women, within myself and Victoria. So um, it's really unexplainable. You'll just have to experience it yeah. for yourself. So on to mm-hmm. the interview. I think it's important for people in our position to be transparent and honest with our audience. Who was Victoria before Christ? <sighs> okay. <clears throat> before Christ. Um, I mean, I, I went to church. I grew up in the church. Um, you know, I saw the apostolic style of praise and worship. I saw, you know, all of that stuff growing up. But I also saw the other side where people were still trying to figure themselves out while being who they said they were on Sunday, but not that same person the rest of the week. So I kind of saw both sides. Um, and, and with that, you know, I always had a sense of, okay, God, you know, this is what I know I'm supposed to do. I am supposed to behave correctly. You know, you, you kind of have this Christian rule book, you know, like you have this thing of what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it. Um, but as I grew up, I left home, um, when it was time for me to go to college. So this was 2012. I left home and went to college and I did not come back home uh, for six years. And in my time in college, I went through a lot. Um, So in high school, I was, you know, I was in different uh, extracurriculars. You know, I I had friends. I I did a lot of things. Um, I was outgoing, but not so much because I had, I had, some insecurities, y'all, uh, especially concerning acne. So my my confidence was a bit shot, but I still was expected to do so much. You get what I'm saying? Like I was in all these different activities with all these different groups. So I didn't really have time to really dwell or, or wallow in my insecurities. Mm-hmm. But when I got to college, it was a little bit easier. While in college, you know, I like I said, I experienced a lot of things. I, I did a lot of different things. Um, I experienced different people, people from all walks of life. You know, I did meet some people who grew up in the church, but it was like, I guess you could say, you know, once you get away from home, people kind of do it. They, they do what they've never been allowed to do before, right? And you were like kind of exposed to different things, different Ex- people. Yes, exposed to many different things, different people. Um, and then I started to date. I mean, I dated a little in high uh yeah, high school, not very much. Um, there's just this one boy, and then once I left off of college, I was like, Yeah, I gotta leave him where he at <laughs> and <laughs> went to college and met somebody my freshman year and thought he was the one. I thought he was one. I'm like, okay, God, you have sent me. Not even okay, God. I'm just like, he's been sent to me, you know? I thought he was the one. I thought that we would grow together. I thought we would learn together. I thought we would do all these things together. Um, And I don't think of it as a mistake, but I definitely think of it as a learning experience and where I allowed myself to waste time because God had been trying to reach me from the very beginning, but I didn't want to listen. I was so worried about getting away from home um, and getting away from certain things at home to where I was like, yeah, I ain't going back home. Y'all got me messed up. I ain't ever going back. I'm going to figure it out here. I do what I got to do. Get it how I live type of deal. And um, 
yeah, so I was this person that was really just trying to find herself. I didn't really know where I fit in for real because I would be with certain groups of people um, and I'd be like, they cool, but I don't know if I should be here. But then I should, then I would get in other rooms with other people and I would be like, okay, I, I like this, but something on the inside of me was fighting it. So I wouldn't stay as long as I knew I should have stayed. Does that make sense? Like I did not, my, my, the things that I was fighting, the demons, the, the, the spiritual paralysis that I was fighting at that time kept me out of the rooms that I, I knew I should have been there, but I was like, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. And so I, I fought it for a long time. Like God was pulling on me. He was tugging on me, but I fought it for a long time. So I definitely was wrestling with a lot of different things before I allowed Christ to truly take control. Girl, I, oh yeah, I can, I mean, I can definitely relate. I feel as though the enemy has tried his hardest to keep God's people from reaching their purpose and from living up to um, who God has called them to be. And I think for me as well, it started like at a young age. It started around that college time, that 18, 19-year-old, when you're getting out in the world and you don't know Mm -hmm. what to expect. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking that you're in control of your life and that you you should be around this person. Like it's okay to do all of these things. So I can definitely relate to that. Um, you said that you felt that God was pulling on you to do something. Um, what exactly do you think he was pulling on you to do? Like, what do you think that assignment was at, in that season of your life? The assignment was to be different from the crowd that I was in. Um, I'm just going to be transparent. Um, I think I smoked weed one time the summer before going to college (laughs) because the girl that was braiding my hair she like oh you want to try it I'm like well I guess I'm I'm grown now you know I'm like you know I'm 18 finna go to college I guess I could try it out girl tried it and I was like yeah nah I'm not gonna be doing this this is not for me get to college and I starting off I, I did it like socially like Oh, you know, I'd be with my friends or whatever and be like, okay, cool. But then I, I met this guy and he was a stoner. I mean, he, yeah, he was a complete stoner. And, you know, I don't ever talk about people who smoke weed. I don't ever want to, you know, feel like I'm judging people who smoke weed. Um, but for me, that was my, that was me unknowingly. That was my way of escaping Mm. i know people like to say that weed is not addictive Mm. but it does have addictive properties um and now i was always that person where i would never because i thought i was you kind of had this feeling where you're like yeah i'm i know i shouldn't be here and i know i should like i'm telling y'all it was on the inside of me Mm -hmm. i knew i shouldn't be doing it yeah but i was like uh feeding my flesh, making myself feel mm-hmm. better with these lies. Like, well, you ain't really paying for it. You're not spending your money all on this. So you kind of, you know, you ain't really addicted to it. You just, you just doing it for social mm-hmm. reasons. 
And what I didn't really realize was I was using it mm-hmm. as a mask. I was using it as a way to escape and to get away. I was using it um, as an excuse not to do certain things, not to truly um, walk in what God wanted me to actually do. You know, I stayed on top. of I, One thing I made sure I did was stay on top of my studies because the people that I were around, that I was around, um, they didn't do all of them did not do the same thing, if that makes sense. Definitely look at weed as a gateway to my disobedience. So you felt like um, weed was a big distraction from the assignment? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because weed made me sleepy. <laughs> That's all it did. It made me stuck. Yes. Stuck. It made me sleepy. I did not. I was not one of those people that could get up and smoke before work or get up and smoke before going to class. I knew for I tried it and I was like, oh, no, I can't let myself. I can't let myself do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. So for me, it was recreational. It was like, OK, I'm done with school for today. I'm done with work. Let's go. I'm relaxing. I'm chilling. I ain't doing nothing else. And that was that's what it was. So. So with school, um, I know it comes with a lot of stress. It comes with a lot of peer pressure. And in the midst of all of that that's going on, you felt that God was calling you to be different. He was calling you to um, be better in a sense. Um, do you feel like weed or school or that stress and everything that you were going through do you felt like did you feel like the assignment was too heavy at that time, um, considering everything else that you were going through? Definitely. And and I'll mention this that I didn't really know what the assignment was. I didn't really understand anything about, you know, an assignment or none of that. But now mind you, because I was smoking weed, I wasn't dreaming. I wasn't dreaming at all. I didn't start having dreams until dreams that I could remember until I found that I was pregnant and it was like oh can't do that no more you know and that's when the dream started to come back um and so and I was just say this so um for those listening um you know I think I talked about this in the podcast episode a couple of episodes back in your dreams that's when God really tries to get your attention um if he can't get your attention you know, when you're sober um he yes. definitely tries to get mm-hmm. your attention when you're asleep so you're saying mm-hmm. that when you were sleeping and when you were um smoking weed mm-hmm. it was kind of blocking your dreams from coming it was like it was stopping you from having dreams and it was stopping god from really getting your attention for sure for sure I was not having what well, and if I was having dreams mm-hmm. um I do I will definitely add that um I would have nightmares from time to time mm-hmm. but as far as dreams I don't have any dreams that I it's all my six years of being at school is kind of a blur not even gonna hold you up mm-hmm. um it's a blur it all kind of I'm, I remember certain things you know, I remember vital things, um, but as far as dreaming, um, it didn't happen. And the only way that God could talk to me was through school, 
and and it's weird because I'm a psych I'm a psych major um and so with that you take all these different types of classes and <laughs> you think about science and psychology today they're not bringing God in it at all but mm. God would show me sitting in that classroom mm. like this ain't it you got to learn how to twist this in the way to honor me and I'd be like what like <laughs> this is what the book say <laughs> you know I'm like, this is what the books say. You know what I'm saying? And so, but he would talk to me in that sense. So I remember things vividly from being in class. And I'm and, and, and he, I didn't know it was him. I just like, why is this thought coming to my head? You know, I, I mean, I kind of knew, but I did know at the same time. You get what I'm saying? It's really um, a little bit hard to explain. But I remember vividly, like sitting in class, the teacher would say something. He like, no. That's you'll make that into my glory or no, that's not how I want you to teach that. Or no, that's not how you'll do that. Mm. Like, I'll just have these urges, these feelings, these strong feelings like, nah, you ain't going to do it like that. But but that's cool. I'm happy you know about that now. Mm. Do you feel like before you recognized or before you really realized that it was God talking to you, do you feel like the teaching um, or the practical teaching, man's way of teaching school um, kind of convicted you or convicted your spirituality. It kind of convicted uh, what you believe God, like, did it convict you in that sense before you realized oh, God talking to me? It was like, if a teacher, if a teacher was telling you something, you'll be like, oh, well, that's not what I know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Literally literally because like I said I did grow up in church so I knew right from wrong I knew what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing it was just that rebellion mm-hmm. them six years with my stage of rebellion getting out of my mom's house because I didn't want to sit there and listen no more mm-hmm. my grandmother she was um she was a teacher for 30 years so I mean school and all that stuff was drilled into me I had curfews I had bedtimes I had I had to be let me tell you my grandmother she yeah (laughs) I wanted to get away those six years was my years of rebellion it was my years of rebellion and I'm not saying I was just out there just doing anything because I still had a conscience you know what I'm saying I still had a sense of right and wrong um you know I wasn't just letting any and everybody crawl into me, you know, I had that boyfriend and that boyfriend was like a crutch. So it was like, okay, sexual, fleshly sexual desires, check. You know, I'm not out here doing all these different things with different people, check, but I should not have been allowing myself to intertwine with them. And I knew it. I'm telling you, I knew it, but I didn't want to listen. Then I had, you know, weed. Okay. I can, I can escape with weed you know, um, and that fulfilled another fleshly desire. So it was like, I can escape my mom, my grandma calling me, they checking on me, they saying what they saying, but I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I'm going to escape with this weed after, afterward, period, because I, I just can't. <laughs> it was, it's just a lot when you think, when you're the first of many firsts in your family, it's very heavy. Mm-hmm. And I For think sure. that as African-American women, as just uh, women of color, regardless of your race, um, we have to realize that our parents did the best they could, regardless of where you come from. 
Our parents did the best they could, but we have to do our best to be better than them. And we can't allow those same generational curses to lead and leech on to the rest of our bloodlines, to our children and our children's children. Um, and obviously, I didn't realize that until I be, I started to truly walk in the things of God. But um, it was heavy. The pressure on me to graduate was heavy. The pressure on me to do something and produce something, the pressure was heavy. Um, so, yeah. And um, I'm glad that you're, you're kind of touching <laughs> on that because even um, you and I's conversations, we, we didn't really have this conversation before. And I'm, um, I'm glad you're talking about it because I know um, some listeners um, of the podcast, they are in college. They probably can relate to your experience. I, on the other hand, I didn't go to college. I just went for about six months and I was like, nah, this ain't for me. Uh, on the different, <laughs> bigger, better things, whatever. But I really think that they can mm. relate to that pressure and trying to find ways to suppress that pressure and suppress those feelings and things like that. So I'm glad you spoke mm-hmm. about that. Um, but as you said, um, once you started realizing like, um, you know, God was calling you to do something. Um, what was that preparation season like? Like, um, how did he shape and mold you into the woman that he was calling you to be? All right. <laughs> the preparation season, it was tough. So, okay, so let's get to, um, so I graduate from school, um, in between that time of graduating that that year 2016 um i went through the process of the breakup with that guy um and i and i want to touch on this before i go any further again that pressure you know i went to school with a lot of i went to school um at eastern michigan university um there was students from all over but a lot of students from flint a lot of students my hometown is flint michigan a lot of students from detroit michigan and the pressure was high so i want to let anybody know that is the first of many firsts um to do things in their family it's okay to feel that way don't suppress don't suppress the feelings because when you suppress the feelings, you you are you're not allowing those feelings to come to the forefront and you're not allowing God to heal those feelings. You're not allowing him to heal that past pain, that hurt, whatever it is, that pressure. You're not allowing him to to do that work that needs to be done. And I'm telling you, like it's it was so many of us there with similar stories um, who were ain't nobody in their family go to college. Nobody in their family left home. You know, um, but I just wanted to make sure I said that, like, it's okay to feel pressure. Mm-hmm. What I learned the other day, um, Andrea sent me a, um, a video. The pressure is the gap between who you are now and who God wants you to be and who, who you truly want to be, that person that you're becoming. So, like, it's okay to have that pressure. Yeah. I feel like it's a real thing. And I also feel like... Um, post-graduation depression is a real thing as well so make sure you guys are not being silent about your feelings do not be silent reach out to the support groups on campus reach out to make sure they they align with your morals and values and what you believe in of course but reach out to those people make sure you have support 
get through college. You can do it. If he told you that you can do it, you can do it. Regardless if you say you're going to use that, that degree afterwards or not. Because I'm at a point where <laughs> I don't even think I'm going to use my master's. Like, I'm going to use it on a recreational basis at this point. But I want you to finish. You can do it. You can do it. The pressure is real, but you're not alone. So before graduation, I had started the process of breaking up with this guy. And and then let me tell you, this is why you should not have sex before marriage. This is why I, I didn't understand it. You know, like I said, I was fulfilling my fleshly desires um, of not being alone. That was one of my desires. I did not want to be alone. <laughs> didn't want to be alone. Um, also, you know, sexual desires or whatever. And then I thought I could save everybody when I still needed saving. I thought I could save this boy. And I'm not caught. He's probably, I mean, he could be a man now. I don't know. At the time, he was a boy. <laughs> um, and, I, and I was a girl because I was still growing. Thought I was grown. You know, I'm paying all my bills, doing whatever, whatever, girl. Taking care of both of us, mind you. Taking care of me and him. So I'm like, I'm grown. Nobody tell me I ain't grown. No, I was still growing. I was still learning. I was not grown. And so I was taking care of me and this and this guy. Um, and our our relationship really fell off. Um, I think I told you the story a little bit. 2015, I had joined an organization. And, and when I joined that organization, I changed jobs because I was like, I'm better than this job. And with changing that job, my thinking started to change things started to change and I started to realize, you know, I'm not supposed to be here right now. I'm not supposed to be doing this right now. You know, the conviction became stronger in 2015. So that's when the process started. And I say it's a process, y'all, because I was not smart. And I don't know, I feel like women and other women might find themselves in this situation as well. But I definitely found myself trying to really help him. I'm like, okay, we've been together all these years. We've been together since freshman year. You know, I'm a junior now, you know, but I'm getting these feelings, this feeling of conviction. Like I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be doing more. And I think I told you when I changed jobs, that was my turning point. When I finally mustered up the strength to be like, I deserve better than this. And I changed jobs. Mm. That's when I started to tell him I deserve better. I had already been telling him subliminally. And I had already been saying, like, when you going to do this? When you going to do that? Like, when you going to produce? And he like, I'm going to do this. I'm doing that. You know, just going off of his own, his pipe dream that he was selling me, whatever. Um, And... When that, when that time happened, spring 2015, things started to shift and change in my life. I lost a lot of friends during that, between um, to end of 2015 and 2016, I lost a lot of friends that were people that I thought were friends. Um, Girl. And it was hard. It was hard. I didn't realize that was the start of my pruning. I didn't realize that was the start of my molding. Uh, of God, like getting me alone, trying to really reach me. I didn't realize like that was the point of it. Um, but during, so we get into 2016 and, and it was like, he was still living with me, but I know I had cut off all sexual ties by the end of 20, January, 2016, all sex was done, but I let him live with me because I, I didn't want to put him out. I didn't want to be that person. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want to be, you were too nice. 
I was too nice. Let's put it like that. Yes, I was too nice. And I didn't want to put him out. And I'm like, I still had a soft spot for him. Um, and I didn't want to put him out. So he lived in my house 2016 while I was trying to go out and do what I wanted to do in 2016 as well, right? So it just didn't mesh. It didn't work out. It was a lot of arguing. It was a lot of fighting. Uh, my friend to this day, my she fought him with me, okay? Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, like, because he felt like I had cut it. You know, I cut sexual ties with him. I had cut things. Like, I'm like, we're not together, but I'm letting you live here until you get on your feet. It just didn't work like that. You know what I'm saying? It didn't work like that because he felt like he still owned me. He felt like he could still tell me what to do. He felt like, you know, I was still his property or whatever. When in my head, I'm long gone. I'm done with the situation. Um, So within that pruning, there was depression. There was sadness. There was hopelessness because I'm like, how am I going to get out of this situation? I just didn't. I just didn't understand my worth fully at that time, but it, it was a pruning. It was hard. Uh, I mean, it was verbal abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, um, all of this different type of stuff. So in turn, I'm abusing alcohol. I'm abusing. I'm smoking more weed. You know, I'm getting around whoever I can get around because they're going to get the weed for me. I started to actually buy the weed myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never smoked by myself in my life. It, it was always with somebody else. And so during that time in 2016, I was like, actually, like, I need some weed for myself. Like, I learned how to roll a blunt. Okay. I didn't even know how before 2016. I learned how to roll a blunt. Okay. And it was stressful. It was a, it was It was a hard time. Um, but once I decided to truly accept what God had for me, which was accepting my, at the time, best friend into my life, who is now my husband, um, allowing him to truly show me what it was like to be loved without anybody wanting anything from you before even have, before even having any sexual relations with him. Um, God was like, let me show you what I've been trying to show you all this time. Because the best friend been right there the whole time, right? He'd been there, he been there the whole time, and I just was like fighting it. Mm. I can definitely relate, though. I can definitely relate. I was um, in a similar situation, and I felt God was telling me to leave, but of course, I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to face the realization that okay if I leave I'm gonna be single I'm gonna have to start all over again I'm gonna have to muster up you know deal with these feelings I'm gonna have to deal with the depression that I'm gonna feel I'm gonna have to deal with being sad over this breakup like and I didn't want to feel all of that so I can definitely relate definitely definitely um it was preparation in the fact that one God was telling me during that time, like, I want to show you more. I know he was telling me, like, I want to show you more. I want you to uh, experience more, but you got to let this go and you got to trust me. So that's how I learned to trust God. That's how I learned to like, okay, if I stop trying to be in control of this, stop trying to control this and just let him take control, take the wheel. Then I started to see the fruit of trusting God. Then I started to see, oh, I was sleeping better. I didn't really, I didn't really need weed for real. 
I, I, you know, I still had it from time to time, but I didn't really need it like that. Stress levels was down. Things started to fall into place because I was at a point as well where um, schooling, my schooling, I had a bill. I had a big bill. Um, and so didn't really know how that was going to get paid. And I had one more class to take. So, like, I walked for graduation. Like, I graduated in 2016, but I had another class. Um, but I couldn't take that class because I had a bill. Um, and it, it, it ended up working out for my good. I was able to take that class and, and finish, um, and be done with that part of my life. You know, things just really started to fall into place. Like I said, that loneliness that I had, that rejection from my, from different parts in my childhood, um, I allowed God to take control, and he said, I've been trying to show you this the whole time. You've been looking and lo looking for love in all the wrong places. You've been looking, you know, you've been feeling alone. You've been feeling an emptiness because you didn't allow me to bring the right man into your life. And so once I did that, you know, things just really started to fall into place. It wasn't perfect. Don't get it twisted now. It wasn't perfect, but it really did it started to really just come together and it was like things started to get better. Let's go into some entrepreneurship. Um, when, you, when did you start your entrepreneurship journey? Yes. So I started my journey at the end of 2016 and the journey was via my mother. Um, she started in an assisted living facility when I was in high school and it didn't work out for her. Um, I was in high school. Obviously, I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship, business, no type of nothing. So there was no way that I could help her at that time. But when she came to me again in, at the end of 2016 and she was like, hey, I want you to be all on my paperwork. I want you to be my administrator. And I'm like, administrator? What's that? What's that? You know, for real. And I'm like, okay. So, uh, so excuse me. I started to do all types of research. Um, I started to watch all YouTube University. Okay. Um, I was on there day and night. Like, how do I be an administrator? How do I run an assisted living facility? How do I start assisted uh, an assisted living facility? How do I go about licensing licensing for an assisted living facility? You know, I was really head head on right into it. And it was really basically paperwork. My mom had the nursing point and a nursing standpoint, but I had the paperwork. And so once I got the paperwork done, I was like, okay, it's not that bad. I got this. Um, and that kind of started my journey. Now, mind you, of course, I didn't charge my mother anything. Um, but once I got her journey started, people started to hear about it and they started to come to me. So I was giving free advice. I was working for free. Um, and then I got to a certain point where I was like, okay, people, I'm going to have to charge people for something. So then people started to come for, come to me, you know, just to help them do simple things like renew their licenses and renew their certifications for their assisted living facilities and for their nursing licenses and things like that. So I was charging like $40 here, $50 here, you know, depending on who it was, I might've charged them $20, you know? Um, so that's, that's kind of where I started. Um, I started really with the brick and mortar stuff. Um, not really online, um, because for one, I was in Flint, Michigan, and nobody really was online that I knew of at that time. Um, and my mom was in Flint, and nobody was really around me that was an entrepreneur. Um, so that's really where it started for me, with my mom and her assisted living. So 
you basically had plans of going to college, majoring in psychology. You had all of these plans um, that you planned out for yourself. And then, boom, mm-hmm. you graduate. God just mm-hmm. tells you, oh, I need you to come in this direction. I need you to start um, becoming this entrepreneur that I'm calling you to be. What did, like, what were you going through? Like, <laughs> what did you feel in that moment? Like, I just did all this school. I just did all of these hours. I had to pay for all of these books and all of these classes. And now God is leading me into this direction. What's up with that? Well, first off, so I got my bachelor's in psychology. I minored in social work and leadership and human sexuality. So I had three minors, right? I don't know why they would let me do that. Um, Knowing that I wasn't going to really be able to do nothing with that. Like if I wanted to, with my bachelor's, I could have gone on to, um, you know, be a social worker, um, but I would have had to take um, like two or three other classes to actually get licensed um, as a social worker with a bachelor's degree. And so... My my goal was to just get into a PhD or a PsyD program um, and skip the master's um, because I knew I wasn't going to make no money with a bachelor's in psychology with these minors. I just knew that I wasn't going to make any money with that. And so when he said he wanted me to go into entrepreneurship, I'm like, but that's not that's not clinical psychology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not a, a doctorate in psychology. I thought I was going to be Dr. Rogers, you know, before I was married, I thought I was going to be Dr. Rogers. Um, and so he was just like, no, I need you to go deeper into this, learn more about this. And so my urge, I just, I can only explain it as an urge, my, my urgency towards wanting to learn more, the feeling of wanting to learn more was strong. I stopped mm-hmm. looking for PsyD programs and PhD programs. I stopped. I started to do more research in law in, in online entrepreneurship. I started to follow more people on social media that were entrepreneurs online. But I'm like, what exactly am I going to be doing? Like, I know everybody and a mama don't want to start no assisted living. So it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what the heck I'm going to be doing, God? You know, and this assisted living stuff is not easy. So the price that from that I did the the few business plans that I did because the business plan for an assisted living is completely different for a business plan for an online business. Um, and so I was just like, how am I, how am I gonna find people? How am I gonna really do this for real? And he was like, yeah, you can still help people with that on the side, but that's not the fullness of it. That's not the fullness of it. And I need you to to grow deeper in me so that I can give you the nuggets. And he did not give me nuggets. He did not give me ideas until I truly began to go deeper into into the things of him, which didn't really come until I became pregnant in 2017. And through becoming pregnant and moving back home and my healing process, that's when I truly began to be like, okay, this is what you want me to do. But I was like, how am I going to sit up here and coach people? I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, like I just didn't see it in myself. I did not see it. And so he was like, you have to believe who I say you are, not believe who the world says you are, not believe what your flesh says you are. You have to believe who I say you are. And it took me a minute to to truly believe that. But 
he started to drop things as time went on. That's why I always encourage people to write things down and to set goals because that's how I got here. If I was not setting goals, I don't think that because of the visual learner, because of the visual person that I am, I don't think that I would have been able to be able to truly be like, dang, God, you really brought me from there to here. Like, I don't really think that um, I would be able to say that without writing things down. You know, I would write little nuggets down and people would be like, you're going to create a course. I'm like, a course? What? A course on what? <laughs> but that's all I got. Then he started to give me little things like, okay, you're going to create a course on helping people how to build, teaching them how to build businesses. And I'm like, okay, what, assisted living businesses? He's like, nah, you don't need no course on that because you're going to actually, when people come to you for that, they're going to come to you specifically for that and you'll, you'll be able to charge them what you charge them and they'll be ready and willing to pay for it because they know that you know what you're doing. But for this, you're going to actually teach people how to build mm-hmm online businesses and honor me at the same time and I said hey, hold on wait what I'm gonna be a minister hold on I don't get it <laughs> I'm like how I'm gonna be a minister and I done did all these things in my life how hmm. how and I'm just now starting to really really listen to you I'm just now starting to really be obedient he like because I said what I said basically and so that's kind of how it started. He started to just drop nuggets here and there. And that's kind of where Biz from Scratch was birthed. Biz from Scratch did not even start off with the name Biz from Scratch. It started off as the butterfly effect because in my head, I was like the butterfly effect, affect with an A. Um, you you come into, you meet me as this caterpillar, right? You meet me as this caterpillar. You're trying to find your way. You're trying to find things. And then you you become a part of this cocoon. You you become wrapped in this cocoon. And then you come out as a beautiful butterfly at the end of it. Um, that was my my thinking. And as a beautiful butterfly at the time, I'm like, they're just an entrepreneur. But now God has continued to evolve this from scratch. He, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and he, when he gave me the name, he said, you need a name that's more marketable. And I'm like, okay. Biz from scratch. That's how I got the name, Biz from scratch. He gave it to me. And I was like, when you want me to do this? When you want me to use this? And he said, I'll let you know. So literally, when I first did my beta test of the butterfly effect, it was the butterfly effect. <laughs> um, and in, I think I might have some stuff left over from it. But like, it was the butterfly effect. And in little words, I had Biz from scratch. <laughs> and people was like, why is this name? I know people was probably thinking like, why is this name so long? The butterfly effect, Biz from scratch. Like, that's what it was. That's what it was. Um, and it has definitely evolved and grown from them. But the process was going deeper into the things of God and allowing him to really be the CEO. I had to trust him. I had to, I paid for a business coach with money that I didn't have. I I had to truly trust him and just do what it was that he told me to do. And it started with obedience and it started with sitting in silence and listening. Mm. So that's where it started. You said something important. You said that um, you started questioning God, like when he started um, kind of leading you into this direction of creating a course that will help women in their entrepreneurship, building online businesses. You started having doubts. Well, God, how am I going to do this? I'm not a minister. What do you want me to do? You know, and I just want the listeners to realize that when God is calling you to do something, you're not going to understand it. You're not going to get it. 
you're going to have doubts and that's okay but you can't allow your doubts to keep you from being obedient so um victoria the question comes up where do you think you would be if you allowed your doubts to keep you from being obedient uh i'll probably be in that that side or that phd program <laughs> um Mm. and to be honest maybe not even that because I'm telling you I was at unrest I could not rest I could not rest he would not let me rest until I was obedient then you would have been like just operating in your own will you wouldn't have even Mm -hmm. um come to Mm -hmm. realize who God really truly is um how he leads us and how he instructs us instructs us how he talks to us do you think that you would have had a solid relationship with God had you not answered the call I mean maybe I would have somewhat of an of a relationship with him but it would I don't think that it would be where it is right now I mean I really went through a pruning I had to heal from some things and I probably would not have healed from everything that I needed to heal from because I needed to heal from those things so that I could be bold and more confident so that I could use my voice more so that I could be willing and able to speak on whatever it is that came to heart to my mind and to my heart through him you know I wasn't like that before and I had to heal from things from my past and get over childhood hurt to get to this point. And I don't think that I would have been able to do that if I had not been obedient. And I would not be where I am now if I had not healed. <laughs> so it's a process. And you got to be able to accept the process. The pressure is the gap. The pressure is the gap between who you are now and who you were called to be. The pressure, that's that passion. That's the passion. We always think that the passion is the romance and it's this sexual thing, and that's not it. I learned from, um, I believe it was Sarah Jates, she was like, she wondered why they called it the passion of the Christ. The passion wasn't pretty. Mm. The passion was the pain and the hurt that he went through for us, the beatings, the bloodshed, the piercing of his side, the nails in his hands. That that was the passion. Mm. That was the pressure that he had to go through Mm. to be able to go to the other side of the glory that God had for him. So that he could go and sit at the right hand of the father so that he could rise from the dead so that he could um, show everybody that he wasn't a liar and that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He had to go through that passion, Mm. which is the pressure. So do not be afraid of the pressure. Do not be afraid of the passion. And I'm and I'm saying both interchangeably because I don't want y'all to get passion mixed up with pleasure because mm. it's not pleasurable. Mm-hmm. So that's why I keep saying pressure. I want y'all to understand that it's not something that's going to be easy. You got to get through it though and trust and trust and trust because even though I was going through all this hurt and this pain and I'm like, how could these people so close to me hurt me like this? How could these people not want what's best for me? How could these people just treat me like dirt? How could they, how could they like pounce on me? How could they want to fight me, physically fight me, put their hands on me? How could they want to do this to me? Mm. How come I don't have nobody in my corner? How come I'm feeling alone in this? And it's because I had to lean on God and trust him. Mm -hmm. 
and know that he was the only one that could get me through it. I honestly, I feel like now that you're you're saying it, you're making that um, comparison, um, I really feel like God chooses people who have been through that pruning or he chooses people to go through that pruning to bring him glory in certain marketplaces. I never would have thought that I would be an entrepreneur. You never would have thought that you would be an entrepreneur, but because he chose you to bring glory to this marketplace, um, that's, that's a whole revelation in itself. Like if you're going to be a faith-based entrepreneur, if you're going to literally do the things of God in the marketplace, if you're going to mix ministry with marketplace, if you're going to um, just have a relationship, a strong relationship with God and be in the marketplace, like this is what the process looks like. Even myself have, have went through the, these types of things, you know? And it brings me to the question of why do you think it's so important to, or why do you think God feels that it's so important to get entrepreneurs, the faith-based entrepreneurs in the digital space? Why do you feel like it's so important for him to lead us in this this direction, Mm. put us on these platforms, speak about his word, help help women like in your courses help women develop a relationship with God before they go forth in, in their entrepreneurship journey like why do you think it's so important that's an easy one because the world we live in has allowed Satan Satan the enemy the devil to rule certain mountains and God wants to take control of those mountains Mm-hmm. So, there's a book. It's called The Seven Mountain Prophecy. Um, and it, it's by Johnny Enlow. Um, and it, in the, like, the smaller words, it says, Unveiling the Coming Elijah Revolution. Now, there is a mountain of media. There is a mountain of family, government, education, economy, religion, Celebration, the arts, there are seven mountains. And let me tell you, the enemy controls the mountain of media. He controls the mountain of media. He he controls the mountain of government. He he has a control over all of these different mountains, right? But God is raising up an army. You can call it an Elijah revolution. You can call it an army. You can call it whatever you want to call it. He's raising up an army of those who will be bold and confident for him, who will not be afraid to speak up on things that are not morally right, to speak up on things that are that are against his word. And so I believe that he's calling us to the space of uh being digital and of the media because he wants to take back control over this mountain. He wants people to know that you don't have to be naked to, to, to have money. You don't have to, you know, dumb yourself down to have a happy life. Contrary to popular belief, especially in, in the religious world, he doesn't want us to be broke. 
He doesn't want us to live paycheck to paycheck. He doesn't want us to live these lives that don't bring him glory. So all he's waiting for us to do is truly to be obedient and do what he tells us to do because we can't take control of the demons that are on these mountains in our own strength. We can't take control of the demons on these mountains without God's help, without that spiritual backing, without that spiritual um, sense. We just can't do it. So that's why I believe that he is calling us all to this digital space. I mean, everything is online. You can have a brick and mortar business and still be online. Mm-hmm. And what matters is how you bring God the glory in that online space. How you bring God the glory when you are talking to your customers. Even something as little little as having a scripture for a discount code. You know, mm-hmm. something as little as, you know, having um, a scripture on your website. Or putting it in your your mission statement that you're a faith-based company and truly walking in that and living that out, you know, it starts with the little things. It doesn't it doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, if you got a clothing line or whatever, a boutique, you don't have to just be like you at church all the time, okay? I don't want y'all to think that. But you can still give him the glory and the honor in the way that you run your business. Um, so that's why I believe that he wants us to take over this mountain of media, um, this mountain of economy, because business is an economy, right? And I believe if you're in business, you're in the media, period, right? Especially in 2020, you're doing both. Um, You have to be. be. Yeah, you have to be. And so he wants us to bring him the glory. We got to be careful what we're reposting. We got to be careful what we're saying. We got to be careful what we're posting. We have to make sure that we are not bringing um, points. We are not advancing the enemy's camp. We have to be careful. And even if you're not in entrepreneurship, you are in one of these mountains, whether you have a family and you're a mother, whether you are the pinnacle of your household, meaning that you um you you don't have any kids yet, but you got little brothers and little sisters, you have cousins that look up to you, whatever. You're over the mountain of family, period. Whether you are um in your in the economy, but in, at your job in the workplace, he wants you to bring him the glory in your workplace. Whether you are um in the education sector, he wants you to bring glory in that sector. So I want y'all to understand that it doesn't have to be like you at church all day, every day. You don't have to act like you a minister. You don't have to, you know, you don't, you have to do these things. But what you do have to do is make sure that you're bringing God the glory in everything that you do so that you are being that light. I'm trying to make it more tangible for y'all to understand. So like you are being that light. You're not the person that's gossiping. You're not the person that's spreading rumors. You're not the person that's, um, a I don't know, coming to work half naked, posting pictures of yourself half naked. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is a line. There's a thin line. And we got to make sure that as women of God, we're not crossing that line. And also to add to that, in this type of business, it it definitely sets you apart from everyone else. You're not going with the crowd. You're not, you're not doing what culture says. You're not. You're not being led by what's popular. You're literally being led by God. 
you're doing you're following his instructions you're not getting instructions from a teacher you're not getting instructions from a business coach and i'm not saying that those things aren't tangible if you're in your entrepreneurship career but you have to have such a relationship with god that you can tell the difference of what's what's false and what's facts you have to be able to tell the difference of what god wants you to do what you want to do and what everyone else is telling you to do so i really feel as though because he sets us apart that within itself comes with more pressure and the the um Yes. The sermon that I sent you, they were talking about how every time God brings you to a, nev- a, a new level, it comes a new level of pressure. So yes. I would say in this season of really just working together with you, Victoria, like what what pressure are you feeling right now, if, if any, um, in this moment? What pressure are you feeling towards? like partnership and leadership and really trying to lead or trying to kind of um, be in this leadership role right now during your, your entrepreneurship journey? Yeah, I'm so happy you asked that question because when I started my the online part of my business, um, I definitely wasn't behind the scenes. I never was going live. I never was doing none of that stuff because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to just stay behind the scenes. You know, God going to send who he need to send to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to post here and there, you know, get in the groups and do all of this and that. You know, I'm going to do this stuff. And, and I had paying clients from that. But God was like, I need you to do more. I am requiring more of you. And so um, to touch on partnership and leadership, as I step more into this leadership role, it is a lot of pressure. And I want to make sure that I'm not saying anything out of my own right, that I'm not doing anything out of my own understanding. And I, it's, the pressure is to make sure that I always allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. The pressure is that I always allow the Holy Spirit to tell me what to say and how to say it. That's why every time before I do anything, I'm like, decrease Victoria and increase the Holy Spirit, Lord, please, because I need you. I need you. And I can't do this without you. You are the one that put me in this position. You are the one that put me in this place. So I know if you put me in this place, you can take me down real quick. So I need you to... Tell me what to say, how to say it, and what to do. And that's why a lot of times... I've been doing a lot of speaking engagements and I can tell you what I said during that engagement because I took the time before that engagement to give God the glory, to praise and worship his name and let him know that I wanted Victoria to be gone. (laughs) I wanted Victoria to be decreased and I wanted an increase of, of his spirit. Um, And so that's, that's the leadership part. And with the partnership part, you know, I'd never imagined that God would send somebody like Andrea, to, like you to me. <laughs> I never mm-hmm. imagined that, you know, he would put me in people's dreams and on in, on their tongues and for them to come and find me. You know, I never imagined any of this. And that just further 
proves my point of I can't do this without him. It further yeah. proves my point of I need him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of pressure to make sure that I'm not operating in Victoria, but I'm operating in the Holy Spirit. It's a lot of pressure. And sometimes, you know, I, I find myself, I'm like, okay, when do I take a break? When do I find a se- some time for myself to just be like, okay, just quiet your mind, just quiet your mind, take a break. Um, and that, and I think that's a part of my pressure as well. And he's kind of showing me like, you can, you know, he's moving me into full-time entrepreneurship. And so that's a whole nother <laughs> praise report in itself, y'all. I forgot that earlier when you asked me, that's a whole nother praise report. Um, he's moving me into full-time entrepreneurship and I couldn't be more grateful. I couldn't be happier. But it's pressure because I don't want to mess up. I've always gone to work. So I don't want to get to the point where I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing now? You know, what am I, what's going on here? Or to where I just feel like, you know, I got all this free time. I can kind of lollygag like that's pressure for me. And I just want to make sure I hold myself accountable continuously. And I think that's another reason why he sent you to me, why he sent us to each other. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, that pressure is real, but it's a good pressure because when he yeah. gives you those visions and those dreams, you're like, I know it's coming. I feel it. I know it's a rumbling. The fellow ground underneath my feet is being dug up. The fellow wow. ground is moving. The walls are falling. The bricks are falling. So, yeah. So with within this new space that, um, you are entering into, um, it's new for you. Yes. What new things, um, are you embracing right now in your life? I'm embracing more time, (laughs) more time to just be able to, to spend with my family. Um, I'm just embracing the fact that God is now giving me the choice. He's like, make your schedule, make your schedule how you want it to be. You ain't got to come in when somebody tell you to come in. You ain't got to get up and do all of this and that. You ain't got to drive 30 minutes to work no more. I'm embracing that. It's just not really hitting me. It's just not really hitting me. And it's, it's crazy. It's like a feeling I've never felt because I worked since I, I worked legally since I was 16. But before then I was working for little baby, baby, um, babysitting jobs, you know, <laughs> charging people by the day. So like I've always worked for somebody. And now I'm embracing the fact that he's trusting me enough to work for myself. Yeah. He's trusting me enough with this responsibility that I won't mess it up. He's trusting me to run this business how he would run it. He's trusting me to bring women into this program. And when they come out on the other side, they are truly a servant leader. He's trusting me. And I'm embracing that. It's something that I just can't even explain. It's something that I never imagined. It's a feeling that I've never felt before. I was just excited to say, you know, my date. Like, I actually have a date, you know, from just following entrepreneurs and people who have said that they've been full-time entrepreneurs. They're like, oh, my date was this, this, and this. And I'm like, dang, God, you for real? I got a date? Like, I actually got a date here. Because I always imagine, like... I would get my master's and I would continue to work and do both. Like, I just was like, I'll just do both. Like, 
And now I know that he's kind of moving me in a different space. He's like, yeah, you, you can still use your master's, but it'll be, it'll be recreationally because that's my other ministry as well, helping individuals um, who are disabled. And so he's like, yeah, you'll do that. That'll be another part of your ministry, but it won't be, it won't be your bread and butter. My ministry will be your bread and butter. My work will be your bread and butter because everybody wants to have, a, they want to be an entrepreneur. They want to have businesses. They want to break generational curses and build generational wealth, but they're doing it without me. How are they doing it without me? <laughs> How? And he's asking this question, how are they building these things and saying they're breaking generational curses? They're building generational wealth, but they're saying they're self-made. They're saying that, that they did this on their own. How? How? So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, to yell there, but I think that was from God. So, um. Girl, you come out. So you be telling me. Look, Victoria be telling me, Andrea, you need to calm down sometimes because you be yelling sometimes. And, you know, it just comes off a little aggressive and this and this and that. No, with the Holy Spirit in you, he's just in you. And when he's yes. coming out, you better let him come out. Talking about yes. me. <laughs> You, you embrace that. that's something new too that you need to um start embracing yes you're right that is something new too because it just he come out and i just get to go and i'd be like whoa <laughs> whoa there <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> yeah um so and this is going to be the last question okay. of this amazing wonderful interview mm-hmm. um how close do you feel you are to your blessings like I'm so close I mean God told me 2020 was my year so when people was talking about 2020 was canceled I'm like not over here 2020 canceled where because God ain't say that to me he ain't tell me that he told me he told me at the beginning of the year that your business was going to be your bread and butter. But in my head, I'm like, okay, I get it. But at the same time, you know, I'm still walking my, my whatever it is that I'm doing with my master's, right? You know, I kind of had this this thinking. that was like, okay, I'm the, the two will be meshed together. I, it ain't no way possible I'm going to make all this money from this business. You know, I just had these things in my head. But he told me at the beginning of the year, you were going to walk into full-time entrepreneurship. And I just, I thought it was going to be a little bit later than now. I didn't know it was going to be right now. We just didn't say, we just, we were in quarter two. I thought it was going to be quarter four. I really did. Um, I thought it was going to be in Q4. We're in Q2. And here I am. <laughs> and so I, I'm just embracing it. I'm embracing it all. Um, I really thought, that it would be later than this. I really thought that, you know, this wouldn't be a full-time thing. But now he's brought in, he's brought into the motivational speaking side of it, the, the speaking engagement side of it. And I'm like, oh, I can, I didn't even realize you wanted me to do anything like this. And, and I had my first speaking engagement just a few days ago. And I'm still in awe. <laughs> I'm still in awe, so I can't explain it to y'all, but obedience 
is better than sacrifice. Please do not think that you can go around and do what you want to do still and be like, well, I'm going to fast and everything will be good. No. Obedience is better than the sacrifice. Like when um, Abraham took, you know, he was he's always obedient. You know, mm-hmm. he sacrificed. They had their their tradition where they would sacrifice um, a goat or whatever to God um, on this mountain. I can't say um, don't don't quote me exactly, but this is the story. You know, they would sacrifice an animal, and so God told him to sacrifice his son. Mm-hmm. He said, "Sacrifice your son." So he took Isaac up to the mountain, and this is where the obedience part comes in. He was willing to sacrifice his son, but. You had to actually be obedient and saying, okay, I will sacrifice my son that I waited for. I waited. <laughs> How many years? Yes. I think he was what, 89, 90 years old or something. And he had no kids yet. He waited. Mm-hmm. He had only had, he had only had the opportunity for Isaac to be what, 12 or 15. So he had him in his life for 12 or 15 years. God said, go sacrifice Isaac to me. Go up there. Stab him. <laughs> that sounds harsh, but that's what God told him to do. And so what it's heck? like the fact that he took him up on that mountain and laid him on the sacri- on the sacrificial uh rock, that was the obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So in the end, God was like, hey, hold up, don't do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wanted to see if you was going to be obedient. Are you obedient in what he is telling you to do? Are you obedient in, 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 in deleting the social media apps? Are you obedient in spending time with him and getting up early in the morning? Are you obedient? So, yeah. 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 And and to go with that story, like, like I said earlier, God is going to give you some instructions that don't make sense. Yeah. Why would I take my son, my son that you promised me? Why would I take what you promised me? up to the mountain and kill it and just throw it away like it doesn't mean anything to me Mm. why would you tell me to quit my job Mm. and start entrepreneurship why would you Mm. tell me to leave that relationship Mm. and be single Mm. why would you tell me to get off social media and spend time with you so that you can give me instructions and so that I'm not distracted by what everybody else is doing in their business Mm. that don't make sense why would you tell me to move a thousand miles away from home and I got a baby? Well, I ain't never had no baby before. Why Girl. would you tell me to do that? Mm-hmm. But look where it gets you. Look where the obedience gets you. Mm-hmm. God, God has told me to do some things I didn't understand, but look where it, where it's gotten me. Mm-hmm. Um, I told y'all this last episode, like people have been just coming out, not the woodworks, but people that I don't even personally know that listen to this podcast, they've been telling me, like, Andrea, your podcast is really good. Like, I listen to it all the time. Oh, my God, when you said this and when you said that, I'm just sitting there in awe. Like, what if I had allowed my flesh or my doubt or my feelings or what if I didn't didn't obey God's instructions to start this podcast? Yes. You know? So... I just wanted to leave you all with that. I, I can't stress obedience enough. Um, that's really my word for 2020 so far, obedience. Because with everything that's going on in the world, if God is telling you to turn off social media, he's telling you to turn off the news, 
if he's telling you to sit in his presence, if he's telling you to stop texting that boy, if he's telling you okay. to be celibate, like what mm-hmm. it, it's it's intentional. He's not telling it or he's not telling you this these things so that you know it's for fun, like it's not intentional. It's for a reason. And you can't see the reason. You you're not gonna understand and lean not into your own understanding. Mm-hmm. But you'll see it in the end. You'll understand it in the end. God will reveal it to you in time. This is why I had you you stop doing this. This is why I told you to do this and told you not to do that. You'll see it in the end. So I just wanted to leave you all with that. Victoria, this this interview has definitely it has blessed my soul. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for having um, me. No, I, I I really wanted to start off these interviews and um, I wanted to start off with you because I do feel like your story is very unique. Um, and this platform, um, my podcast, we, we, we talk about deep stuff over here. So um, I definitely had to bring you on. But yeah, um, where can they follow you? Where What's your website? Like, where can they get in contact with you about this from scratch or anything like that? Yes. So on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you can find me at I am Victoria Grace. My website is www.iamvictoriagrace.com. Um, yeah, come check me out on Instagram. Come check out my website. Um, I, I add new things to it all the time. I'm always updating it. And yeah, if you're interested in entrepreneurship and you're trying to really figure out how you can mix ministry with marketplace, I definitely would love to chat with you about Biz from Scratch. You definitely do not want to go into this without God. And one more thing I want to add, even if you don't work with me, Make sure whenever, whatever coach you go to, whatever business coach, whatever program you go to, that that person's morals and values are aligned with your morals and values. If that person is talking about the law of attraction and you're listening to this podcast, they don't align with your morals and values. If they're talking about manifestation in your in their own right and how you know you can do these things and just bring things into your life and they're not talking about Jesus Christ then they're not aligned with your morals and values so whatever you do you need to be careful with who you allow to pour into you and who you allow to teach you because that's the fruit that you're going to produce so i just want to leave you guys with that love that so again this has been another episode of the in pursuit podcast make sure you guys follow our social medias y'all should have already followed me by now but you know i'm gonna i'm gonna let you know what my instagram is again drea story d-r-e-a-s-s-t-o-r-y more interviews are on the way stay tuned bye